Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. Hello, everybody. We want to welcome you to episode 17 of the Pastor's Porch. Excited to bring you new content today. Pastor Zach and I are going to be discussing a little bit um, of what we talked about last week and a new segment today. So if you didn't listen last week, we talked about the sanctification process um, and some personal convictions in our lives. And we're going to kind of piggyback off that this week, and we're going to discuss um, some non-negotiables and boundaries within our lives. Um, what we take and read from Scripture and apply it to our life and things that work um, well for us in our relationship with Jesus. And we want to preface this by saying not everybody's non-negotiables are going to be the same. And that's okay. Um, these things that we discuss today are, are non-negotiables for our life and what we feel um, in our relationship with Jesus. And so hopefully um, this challenges you today to where if you don't have non-negotiables, uh, you start having non-negotiables. And it may challenge you to think about and pray about some things that we discussed today um, that are, are a part of our lives and maybe you need to apply to yours. Amen. You know, I love uh, the Word of God and growing in the Word of God and growing in our relationship. And, and I agree with what you said there about, and this is our life, you know, all of us, each and every one have our own life, our own walk with Jesus. And some of the things that I say may not apply to you. Uh, maybe they, they do apply to you, or maybe you have uh, stricter things in your life than I do, and, and that's fine. But I would encourage you, like, let this be a relationship with you and Jesus. Um, Ephesians 4, 17 through 32, if you want to go find, like, what your walk with Jesus should pertain to, you know, uh, this is the reality. Ephesians 4, 17. I'm just going to read probably 17 through 20 because I want you to go read 21 through 32. So I'm just going to read Ephesians 4, 17 through 20, and you'll kind of get the heart of where this is going to go in all these conversations about the new man. This I say, uh, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles or non-believers walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Well, who being past have given themselves over to lasciviousness, uh, to the works of uncleanliness. But, here's my favorite one, but you have not so learned Christ. So, what Paul is writing, and I really encourage you, please go read the rest of that chapter through verse 32, because it just gets gooder and gooder, um, better and better, sorry. Uh, the reality is that he says, hey, in times past, you were alienated from God. You were separated. You had been turned over to the vain things of your mind, just as the other Gentiles. But you have not so learned Christ. So when we talk about non-negotiables or we talk about these kinds of things, remember this, that you are called into a new relationship with Jesus. And uh, no, you're not going to do everything right on the first day. But there should be a continual renewal of your mind, body, and spirit in your relationship with Jesus as you walk with him. So, before we get started, I'll give you this tip. If you don't have non-negotiables, 
write down some things that are non-negotiable. You say, I'm not even a Christian yet. Well, write down some non-negotiables in your marriage. Write down some non-negotiables at work. Write down some non-negotiables in being a parent. Write down some things that you believe in. But today we're going to talk about, for starters anyways, non-negotiables in our walk with Christ. Pastor T, what is a non-negotiable or some non-negotiables um, in your life? Pre-pastor, post-pastor, mid-pastor, have nothing to do with the church, whatever, man. What are non-negotiables for you in your walk with Jesus? Yeah, one, one thing I want to discuss is uh, my non-negotiables have changed as I've grown in my relationship with Christ. Yeah, they will. And some of them have been applied since I was raised in the godly home that I was. Uh, but there have been some new ones that I've applied mm -hmm. in, in my own life. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the very first ones, uh, and this is going to raise you know controversy within the body of Christ today, but one of the very first ones for me is um, alcohol is a non-negotiable for me and my family. Yeah, uh, It's been a non-negotiable since I was um, a kid in the home I was raised in. And then um, when my wife and I got together, uh, we sat down before we ever got married and talked about some non-negotiables that we wanted to establish within our marriage. Yeah. Um, and this is one that we both agreed on. Alcohol yeah. is a non-negotiable okay. um, thing for us. Um, I am not one that I'm going to say just because you drink every now and then, you're going to hell. But for me, the Bible is very clear on right. um, drunkenness. The Bible is very clear on um, just these filthy things not being a part of your life. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just, you read it in Ephesians. I wasn't going to go there all the way, <laughs> but uh, we yeah. can talk about it. And one thing that comes to mind, and I'm going to preface a lot of the things that I discuss as my non-negotiables is something from Paul in first Corinthians six, um, yeah. verse 12. He says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the mm. power of any. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things that are non-negotiables for me in my life, it's not that I can't be a part of them, but the way I look at them is they bring nothing of benefit to me. Okay. Nothing of benefit yeah. in my relationship with Christ to me. And so if it's not bringing benefit in my relationship with Christ to me, then there's mm -hmm. no reason for me to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So alcohol is a non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. um, filthy communication. Um, mm -hmm cursing, different right. things like that. That's a non-negotiable for me. Um, I want to do my best of letting no filthy communication proceeding out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a, a non-negotiable for me. Um, I do not watch R-rated movies. Mm -hmm. um, I do not watch movies with the F word in them. Mm -hmm. I do not watch movies with GD in them. Um, right. I do not watch those movies. And I'm just for me, um, in the relationship I have with Jesus, um, People tell me I've missed out on a lot of good movies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's their opinion. Right. But for my relationship with Christ, um, I cannot <clears throat> indulge and allow those things to be um, said to me and to basically me saying sure. it's okay to watch these things, yeah. um, especially the Lord's been dealing with me. I used to watch movies with the word GD in them. Mm -hmm. um, but the Lord's been dealing with me. That's a non-negotiable that's come that my wife and I have talked about over these last couple of years of that um, we can't sit back and allow someone to use the Lord's name in vain and be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And um, same way I, I think about the F word and some other vulgarity mm -hmm. 
Um, and so those are just, those are some of the ones that immediately come to mm-hmm. mind of um, some non-negotiables. And when I say alcohol, drugs included, sure. um, I think yeah. that's all, anything right. that goes to, that um, you would consider some things that alter minds. And okay. so here, here's kind of the way I, I look at it and Courtney and I have talked about it in our relationship with Christ is if the world has a standard on it mm-hmm. that is limiting what is allowed and not allowed, mm-hmm. then we should have a standard on it as Christians by what God's word says. Right. And so for us and for me and my relationship with Christ, um, drinking, drugs, filthy communication, all of that, those are non-negotiables um, of things we stay away from. Sure, yeah. And so... Well... And that's great. I mean, I, I mean, I agree with all those. Like, that's probably where I'm at. I'm 90% of what you said. But I think for me, as I've gotten older, the non-negotiable for me has not so much been a list of do's and don'ts. It's been more of who I am. Yep. Right? So when I think of non-negotiables, you know, I don't drink. I haven't drank in, uh, Lord, I don't want to say the wrong amount of years. 11 or 12, I think 12 years in November will be that I haven't touched alcohol uh, because I did have a problem with alcohol uh, Mm -hmm. before I came to Christ. Um, So yeah, I mean, drinking is one for me, of course, drugs and this sort of things. And I have some non-negotiables like I don't meet alone with women. I have some non-negotiables about relationships and boundaries. And we can talk about more of that. But but the one one thing I would say for sure that I've learned in Jesus, um, not, not to say anything's wrong with your list. I don't have a problem with anything on your list. I don't, no judgment. I don't mean it that way. I mean, it's become more for me about who I am because I've realized I've had to realize in my relationship with Christ is, man, I'm not the Holy ghost. And so like, sometimes I get in these conversations with people and I'm like, Hey, don't do that. Right. And I mean, I can say it till I'm blue in the face and they just don't respond, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> welcome to be a pastor. <laughs> stop, stop. You know, I feel like I'm that warning label and everybody's going towards that wall and they got like dummies flying around in the car. And I'm like, stop doing that. You're going to wreck. You're going to crash. You're going to burn. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to wreck. You're going to crash. You're going to burn. So where I've come to, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just the Lord giving me grace in my own mind. So I don't go crazy. Maybe is my non-negotiables would be more defined as who. I am in Christ. Absolutely. God's word. Absolutely. So a huge non-negotiable for me, probably the biggest non-negotiable for me in my life would not be just the private study of God's word. In other words, every day spending time with Christ. That is, that's probably one A for me, but one B would be defend God's word with everything. Yes. Because, um, I was talking about last night in our class you know, the culture we're in right now, um, there is such an attack on God's word. There is such an attack on holiness, on right living. There's such an attack on the standard of the gospel. I mean, all of this that Ephesians 4 is going to talk about, and I don't have time to read it. Please, please, please go read Ephesians 4 um, and 5. But you know, in six, really, for spiritual warfare, we could get into that in relationships. But uh, read the whole book of Ephesians. There's your homework. Um, the reality is, like, that's the biggest non-negotiable in my Absolutely. life. It would be, I will fight for my right to be with Christ in his word and Absolutely. prayer and study. Um, because, 
you do, you will come to a place in your life where your kids are like my kids and your family life just all of a sudden you're the, you're busier than you've ever been. And you're running like a, you know, you're chasing your tail and you never can catch up. But man, even if it's 10 minutes a day, that's a big non-negotiable. Well, the second part of that is I will be a man of God. And what I mean by that is what this Bible tells me to do is what I'm going to do. What this Bible tells me to preach is what I'm going to preach. What his word and his spirit convict me of to lead and to be in front of the church is what I'm going to do. Now, those same non-negotiables are carried into my home because I believe that it's more important who the pastor is in his home than who he is in the pulpit. Yeah, it's the integrity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's absolutely. I mean, the pulpit, we can fix, we all make some mistakes in the pulpit. We quote the wrong verse on accident or (laughs) or we say things like, but, and people get mad or... One time I called someone a loser. And, you know, you say things like that because we're human. Yeah, a couple weeks ago you talked about selling dope and everybody. And Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> I talked about Sir Mix-a-Lot in a sermon. I didn't even know that was possible. But I did. Yeah. I'm human. Exactly. I'm incredibly human. But it's more important to me who I am with Jesus every, every hour day. of it. Just yep. like you're talking about. Yeah. The Lord told you to stop watching movies that say GD. Don't mm-hmm. allow that in your home. Well, right, to him that knows to do right and does it not, it's sin. Exactly. Okay, if the Holy Spirit tells you that, just like the Holy Spirit told me years ago, quit chewing, right? Quit quit chewing. I don't think everyone that chews tobacco is going to hell, okay? But the Holy Spirit told me to quit chewing, so I quit chewing. Exactly. Okay, the Holy Spirit told you, quit watching that movie. It's a non, yeah, it's non-negotiable. So at that point, once the Holy Spirit exactly. speaks, is he not God? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is he not Lord? And so that's the Lordship. Yes, it is. So to me, we're saying the same thing. We're just approaching it yeah, from different I, angles. Yeah, well, and that's what I was, you know, there's there's beauty in that that those of you who are listening to understand is that when I think of non-negotiables, it's things that are literally black and white boundary lines for me. Yeah. And when yeah. you think of it, you think of the personal relationship of what Jesus has yeah. called you to in right. a daily living. Yes. And, and they're the same they're, thing. They're the same thing. <laughs> yeah. They're just, yeah. it. it it shows our personality yeah. of who we are as individuals of how we approach them. And, it's and that's vital. the beauty of it. Well, Absolutely. It's the, it's the beauty of it um, through, through this process of, you know, going back to the last week, what we talked about of the sanctification. Mm-hmm. It's the beauty of realizing that God didn't make us the same. And yeah. he gave us our unique individualness. 100%. But yet, through the avenue of his word, he's still calling us to the same thing. Well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's exactly, it's exactly what it is. Though they're said differently, both avenues would testify. Yes. Of calling. Yes. To sanctification. Yes. Cause I can, I can, I can go a week without reading my Bible. It would drive me crazy. Sure. It would bother me. Not in some religious phony way as though I, but it, I just know who I am, right? Like I need living water every day or I'm going to dry up and be, you know, a bum over here. And so, see, that's the things I'm not supposed to say. You, know? <laughs> you can say but, it on the passage reports, but, but we're real and honest. But, but I would, it would bother me. If you, I mean, think about and, it. And it should. Yes. But that's, isn't that the calling the same for you? Yes. If, if you're laying in your house, you know, and Courtney goes to bed because she's got to work early in the morning and you pop on a movie and all of a sudden, eh, maybe there's one language and you say, okay, well, what did he say? And then the next five minutes, 
they take the Lord's name in vain five times, and the Holy Spirit the whole time is saying, T, we talked about this, yeah. right? Hey, I know this is a funny movie. Maybe it was your favorite when you were a kid, or maybe you snuck out, or maybe you really want to see it because someone at church was talking about it or someone at school or whatever. But, man, this is filthy, right? Well, if you don't respond in that moment, you're, you're in sin. Absolutely. You're in disobedience. Absolutely. Perfect example. I'm going to step on somebody's toes. All right, get your toes out. I'm going to step on them. I don't know about this show, okay? I'm going to name the show and whatever. If you watch it, I'm not saying you're going to hell, okay? So don't. So listen to the whole clip. Don't just be like, he said we're going to hell. All I know is there was a show that came out a few years ago called Yellowstone, okay? And that was apparently a very cool show. Okay, now I love, you know me. I love Westerns. I love uh, Indian, Native American history and this sort of thing. And I don't know if that has anything to do with that, but I think it does. But so Colleen and I heard some people at the church talking about it. And they're like, oh, so it's the best show ever. And so I turned it on. So I'm like, I want to see what was everybody talking about. Well, in the first few minutes, it was clear that I was going to be uncomfortable watching that show. Okay? So I just turned it off. Okay? Now, I'm not so far under the rock to know that there is multiple of these shows now. Mm-hmm. It's become highly successful um, and people enjoy watching it. Okay. Well, that's great. I don't care. The Holy Spirit told me not to. Yep. So my responsibility is not to that person. I, I mean, if, if, if they can watch that and, and sit with the Lord and be content in their relationship with Jesus, that's between them and the Holy Spirit. But it, for me, that particular show, because we did try to watch, everybody was talking about it was so good and all this, and it may be. I've not seen it. I've not seen it. I've watched one episode. Just knowing you, I'm just gonna tell you, don't watch it. Okay. Well, I haven't watched any of it, but I've heard plenty of people people well, tell me about it, and it's not something you would okay. you would want well, to. I don't mean watch, to, like I'm not so. trying to shame nobody no. if they watch it. Like if you watch the Yellowstone, I don't want you being like, oh, Pastor Zach thinks we stink. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you. Now, there's probably things I watch that other people wouldn't watch. Exactly. There's probably things I like. I like watching cops, you know. Sometimes they cuss on cops, you know. But I was a cop for 10 years, so I kind of enjoy the ride-alongs and the, the street crimes and all that stuff because that's what I did, right? I, yeah. It brings me back memory lane. Well, there might be other people that don't want to watch that, you know, for the same reasons. And so yeah. I think well, it, that's where you got to respond to the Holy Spirit. And I think when we're talking about that, kind of as a non-negotiable for both of us that we just haven't solidified it's that integrity that has been instilled in us yeah is the integrity is what are you what are you doing when nobody else is watching do you think i'm gonna get right? hate mail over yellowstone probably <laughs> if you get hate mail for some other things you've gotten hate mail over i'm pretty sure you'll get some hate sorry mail if you this. watch yellowstone don't but, be mad at me <laughs> <laughs> point being you could have turned that off and when colleen went to bed and all your kids went to bed you could have turned it back on yeah. to gratify yourself yeah but it's the integrity that comes along with that that is, I, I would say is a non-negotiable for the both of us. Well, I think, and it's yeah. a, and it's a it's a boundary it's a boundary set. Yeah. And um, it's okay to have boundaries. Oh, it's beautiful to have boundaries. I mean, when I think of boundaries, I think of what I read last week was Romans twelve one and two. Mm-hmm. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. And for me, like the boundaries is 
just taking this word and it's like, okay, what do I need to give up so that I'm a living sacrifice every day to God? Mm-hmm. What's the boundaries that I need to have in my life? Mm-hmm. And for everybody, it's going to be different part of the sanctification process of what we talked about last week. Um, Courtney and I don't like going into restaurants that have bars. Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with a restaurant that has a bar and you sit away from it. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I don't want to ever put myself in a position for somebody to see me that I have influence over to ever put them in question of what I am doing. Right. Yeah. That's a boundary I have for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, listen, I've ate in some really good restaurants that have a bar, and I've sat right beside the bar before. Yeah. But we've got to a place in our relationship with Christ right now that we want to be the farthest away from that because we don't ever want to leave in question yeah. somebody's interpretation of our life. We want our life to be lived as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God. And you know what? That is not for everybody. The way I live that and the convictions that we have and the boundaries that we set for our life is not for everybody. It's not. And you know what? It's not supposed to be for everybody, but those are things that God has called us to do. Right. Those, are God, those are things God has called us to be set apart of, to have some non-negotiables in our lives and some boundaries in our lives. And so those are things that we, me as the leader of my household, I'm going to be held accountable for. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I think of now that I, as the associate pastor and leading the youth, there are things that I need to have more boundaries over Mm -hmm. than others do. Because if I'm standing up and declaring the word of God to these individuals, I need to be able to say that I Mm -hmm can have boundaries over these yeah. things. I'm asking them to have boundaries over. Sure. And you're in the same, I mean, oh, yeah. you're in the same boat, pastors, yeah. leaders, all in in the same boat. Um, and it's just, biggest thing for me is like, yeah, I listed non-negotiables that I stay away from. There's a lot more. Like I could spend hours talking about things and just as you did uh, of reading God's word, of, of worshiping, of, mm-hmm. of different things that are non-negotiables of attending fellowships and mm-hmm. church services mm-hmm. and in home um, things and different things like that, but ultimately it just needs to come down for each of us of what God's word says. Yeah. And one of the biggest things um, that I think, and I may step on some toes here. One of the biggest things I feel like the modern church fails with is they don't take their non-negotiables and their boundaries to the Word of God first. Yeah. They let it, culture. They define let culture it. define yeah. it. And you know, you listening, you may be upset by that, but I, I'm sorry, but culture should not and never should have the ability to define who you are as a, sure. as a person of Christ. And yeah. that that is one thing that um, I guess you would consider non-negotiable for my life is anything that has um, defining of or anything that um, ever comes into question, my first response is, what did the Bible say about it? Is yeah. it's not what does Bryant think about it? It's not what does my wife think about it? Oh, what is my opinion of this? Is I am taking it to the Word of God, and if it goes against it, I'm against it. Yeah. And if it's for the Word of God, I'm for it. Well, that's so good. There's so much there that uh, the Holy Spirit just really kind of settled this in my heart while you were speaking. Is like, you know, what is a boundary? What is a border? What is the purpose, you know? Um, so just to put some Bible on what you said, you know, First uh, Peter, I think it's one sixteen. it says, you know, be holy for I am holy. Yes. You know, um, obviously 
taken also in the same context in the Old Testament that that verse is just repeated throughout Scripture. Um, be holy, for I am holy. And then I'm reminded of uh, Paul writes. I think it's Second Corinthians six when he says, you know, come out from among them and be separate. Yeah. Okay. So I I don't claim to be the wisest person on earth, but I know this: when you purposely and intentionally build a wall. It's not always a bad thing. Yeah. You know, when you purposely and intentionally um, build a fort, right? I've been studying these old old history things I've been telling you about. Um, the purpose was to protect what was inside. Mm. And see, some of these boundaries, people are looking at it the wrong way. Yep. They're looking at what they don't get to do Come as on. opposed to what they get to protect. And so there's boundaries that I have built in my life. Absolutely. I shouldn't say that. The Holy Spirit yes. has built in my life boundaries. It really isn't to keep people out. It's to protect what's inside. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, one of those boundaries, I thought I was really smart one time. I read a book, Billy Graham, about Billy Graham. And it was it was talked about how he had two men that traveled with him and they would search the hotel rooms after he would speak and before he would speak. And anytime he went to a city and people would, would leave magazines and different things to try to tempt or try to catch, or they would send women, they'd find out what hotel Billy Graham was staying in. And they would send women of the night there to try to trip him up and all this. And he had these men that traveled with him because his wife often wasn't with him, but he had these men who would search out those hotel rooms. He had these men who literally would stay with him at the hotel rooms that were partners in his ministry. These are great men of God themselves. These were pastors and preachers and evangelists and ministers and song leaders. And and some of them were, were just servants and deacon type uh, guys. Uh, but, th- but they all had a role, right? And what was the role? You say, well, pastor, do you really need that? Well, a simple boundary that when I read that book that I made, I don't even know if that was 10 or 12 years ago was I wouldn't meet with women alone. And I'm just telling you 12, 13 years later, that boundary's not changed. I don't meet with students alone. I don't meet with uh, young men alone. I don't meet with women alone. Uh, You know, my secretary, my wife, I mean, preferably my wife, obviously when I meet with a woman, but sometimes she's, we got four kids. Sometimes it has to be another leader in the church. Sometimes it has to be uh, another, um, one woman who may be married to a deacon or, or a secretary or sometimes it's just not always applicable to have another my spouse in the room because of our own lives and raising four kids but the boundary is yes that i will not be alone with a woman yeah well and that's just the boundary boundaries I mean, boundaries have neg- negative connotations in the culture we live in but speaking on that something i learned while i was in college and i've man it's brought me so much freedom is and any parent will understand this and you'll understand this think about a playground Mm -hmm. okay you take your kids to a playground Mm -hmm. that has no boundaries on Mm -hmm. what's your mindset that whole time you're in the playground yeah it's a nightmare you're you're constantly watching you're Mm -hmm. scared you don't know if you're one or off Mm -hmm. now go to a playground that has a fence around it yeah that's good they're gonna you have whether you realize it or not, you have more freedom in allowing them to be kids and play because of the boundary that's been set around. Oh, that's good, yeah. 
And so it's not so much everybody talks about, well, when I become a Christian, I can't do this and I can't yeah. do this and I can't do this no. because that's the way we they're do that boundary. But they're yeah. missing it is you've got to take it from the inside out to yeah. realize that the whole point of having non-negotiables and boundaries is that in your relationship with Jesus, he's trying to protect you from some of the things that will destroy you. And that's ultimately what these boundaries are for is so that we can set up parameters to not be destroyed by Satan and his darts and then have the freedom to participate in our relationship with Christ. Well, hey, amen. And the first sin that happened was a crossed boundary. Yeah. You know? Yes. I mean, I mean, in the simplest terms, in the simplest form. We could even go back to Satan being cast out of heaven. He tried to exalt his, he tried to exalt himself above yeah. the mountain of God, right? And so, but when you see the garden, everyone says, "Well, yeah, she saw that the fruit looked good, and she was deceived by Satan, and uh, and then Adam, you know, and all this." And I, I, okay, yes, true. What all did they give up to touch that? Mm. This is what people don't talk about, mm. you know. Not that we wouldn't have done the same thing, because we know us, right? We would have. Yes. But think of all that was there. So good. The relationship, the communion. I mean, what did they lose? You know, but then there's the heart of God again at the end of Genesis 3 when he's setting that boundary. Why did he set the boundary? It was so that they couldn't come back and eat of the tree of life and remain in a sinful fallen state forever. It was a boundary that they couldn't come past the flaming cherubim because if they had gone back and eaten it, they would have never got to experience the freedom in the relationship with Jesus. They couldn't have been redeemed. Mm. It was a boundary. I mean, dude, I could go down on some boundaries. I mean, we could, we could sit here for hours and talk about it. But you know what I found? Not that, again, I don't ever pretend I know everything. I'm... I'm 13, 14 years into my relationship with my wife. And somehow, when we met, I was a mess. I mean, I was a mess. I've, I've never not shared my testimony in the church. I was a mess. Everyone knows that. But somehow, all these years later, there were some hard boundaries at first I had to learn because I'd never been taught. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was things about internet videos and it was things about relationships and how you talk to people. All of these things were happening at once, right? We were getting saved and we are getting in church and we are getting discipled, but we didn't even know what that meant. And it was like this super freeing thing. But all these years later, some 13, 14 years later, this is the place that I've come to. I have very strict boundaries in my relationship with my wife. And the hardest thing as a pastor is to watch people go through divorce to watch people lose people sometimes it's a physical death sometimes it's a spiritual death but to watch people separate from the things of God and this is what I know you can think this is me I'm not judging anybody I'm telling you this when I lay my head down at night I'm thankful my wife and I have boundaries Yeah. because having those boundaries in place 13, 14 years ago. I don't worry. Yep. My friends, some friends, acquaintances, family, 
I see them going through chaos. Yeah. And I just think, Lord, if there had just been some boundaries. Yeah. Maybe that could have been prevented. Yeah. And I think you said it. You hit the the whole the whole conversation could be summed up in this. Our culture has defined boundaries as something negative. Yep. But when you realize those boundaries are to protect what's within, mm. I think to me that's the key, man. Yep. Like it's not a negative. No. I protect my kids. We have certain rules about stay the night. Yeah. We have certain rules about who our kids can yep. stay the night with. We have boundaries. I have two daughters and two sons, uh, for those of you that don't know. I have boundaries on who they're allowed to be alone with. Absolutely. I'm going to protect my kids. It's your job. I mean, that's what I'm going it's to do. It's your role. That's 100%. It's so, your role. So, but it's because of I, it's not because I don't like the other person. No, it's, it's because, because you've, been, you've been put in charge yeah. and value what God has placed. We're going to have a part three. I can already tell. <laughs> We're not going to get it done. I can already tell. We're going to have to come back because I'm just telling you, boundaries is a conversation that needs to happen Absolutely. in church. Yes. You know, I wrote about that some in, our, in my book. Uh, uh, there's boundaries that need to happen in, in, in your marital relationships. Yes. Your friendships. Yes. You're raising your children. Yes. Your school. Yes. Your social media. Your job. The opposite sex. Your job. Your I mean, boundaries is a conversation we could have all day long. Yeah. So this is what I ask you to do. Write down. You can you can take it either way. I'm glad Pastor T and I kind of approached it from a different way because it gives you the freedom now. You can take it either way. What are some non negotiables about you? What are some non negotiables? About you. Um, take it to your relationship with Jesus. Take it to your relationship with your spouse. Uh, but write them down. We'll come back next week and, and maybe we'll get to talk more about boundaries. I really enjoyed that conversation, Pastor T. Why don't you pray us out of here? Yeah, I absolutely will. And just before I pray, regardless of married, single, young, old, you do need to establish some non-negotiables in your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with others as well as boundaries. Because um, there's fruit and benefit that can come mm. from it. And so, Father, Lord, we just come to you. Um, Lord, we thank you for this time and your word. We thank you for this time of us just to be allowing us to be raw and real yes. um, of our relationships with each other, our relationships with you and our relationships with those around us. Um, Lord, this, we, don't, we don't talk about these things to, to um, convict anybody, to, to draw shame on anybody, to, to talk about how anybody's not doing things correctly. Um, we, we talk about these things um, to bring them up so that conversations happen, so that prayer happens, and so that the body of Christ is built up in relationship and worship um, for you. There, there's nothing more than Pastor Zach and I want as pastors um, of Unity Covenant and just being a, a friend and a pastor to those around us that we want to see people's relationship with Christ grow and strengthen. Uh, that's our heart through this. Um, that's our heart uh, as we we lead our homes and lead different avenues within ministry. Um, and so, Lord, we just pray that you challenge those who listen to this um, to establish non-negotiables in their relationship with you, to establish non-negotiables in their home that they are not going to back down from. And, Lord, we just pray that they establish boundaries as well and that they realize that these boundaries are, 
are not put before us to necessarily keep things out, but to protect what is within. Mm. And so, Lord, we thank you for those that are listening. We thank you for them today. Um, we pray that you encourage them, give them peace um, in their relationship with you. We thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening today. Hopefully you take this um, and apply it to your life. We love each and every one of you. Thanks for listening to the Pastor's Porch. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.